Well, hello there, and welcome to the My Adoption Coach Podcast, where I give you the step-by-step support and guidance you need on your domestic adoption journey. My name is Amanda, and I'm an adoptive mom of two on a mission to make your adoption easier, faster, and more affordable, because no one should walk the domestic adoption journey alone. Well, hello there, and welcome back to the My Adoption Coach Podcast. I'm your host, Amanda. I am so glad you made the decision to join us today so that you can learn all about how to make your adoption profile great. This is the second episode in the series that's entirely focused on your adoption profile. So if you missed the first episode, pause this one and head on back to listen to the very first one. They kind of build on each other like a series of nesting dolls, so to speak. So it's super important that you kind of listen to them in order. Okay, so today we're going to talk about why your profile is so critical to your overall journey, have a quick refresher on how the adoption profile has evolved over the past few years, and the role it should play in your adoption journey, and some basic principles about what makes a great adoption profile. I know that your adoption profile can be one of the very most stressful steps in the adoption journey. After all, your day job is likely not marketing, but that really is what an adoption profile is. It's all about marketing, marketing your family to expectant families. But don't stress out about it. That is why I'm here, right? That is the reason why I feel so compelled to help you guys. And that's that's really the entire reason that kind of inspired the whole My Adoption Coach business, right? I know what goes into a great adoption profile, not only because I've worked in marketing for over 20 years, but because I matched super quickly three times. And honestly, that is the reason why friend after friend sent either themselves or other friends to me well before I started the blog or the Facebook group or the podcast, because people heard that I had adopted so quickly And they knew someone that was struggling in their own adoption journey. And it just started out with so innocently like, hey, can you talk to so-and-so or can you talk to this person? And after I would talk to people, I learned that we were all struggling in the same spots, but that I had been there and I had walked it and that I had figured out what would work in my particular instances based upon my marketing background. And they were teachers, they were nurses, they were lawyers even, and marketing was just not their zone of genius. And so when I helped them, you know, through the marketing of their family and gave them the emotional support that they really needed, that was how they were able to be successful on their own journeys. And when you hear me talk about marketing, please know that the the very most important thing to remember is that I will always give you the framework and the step-by-step tips to tell your authentic story. That, that is what's important here. I'm not giving you some like Jedi mind tricks to, to play on expectant mothers. In fact, it's quite the opposite. I'm giving you the basic human truths about sharing who you are authentically so that someone can understand your story and begin to make a connection with you. And let me pause just for a second and 
and speak to all those people that are like, well, marketing is just, you know, it's just evil. And you're just tricking these women into placing these children. Let's be super honest here. We're not tricking anybody. That is the furthest thing from what I'm suggesting that we do. I am suggesting that you be authentically who you are, and that will attract your ideal expectant mother because she will find something in your profile that strikes a chord with her, whether it is the smallest thing like you like the same TV show or you like to go to Steeler football games. Two things of which, by the way, were things that our own expectant mothers commented about in our profile. They said that really helped them understand who we were as people. We loved organized sports. We loved experiences of traveling to games. We loved silly quotes from TV shows. Those types of things really brought us to life, to our ideal expectant mothers, and they resulted in successful adoptions. I'm not suggesting that you trick anyone or coerce anyone into adoption. That is not what marketing is. Marketing is just authentically sharing who you are. Okay, soapbox away. I know it's a little early (laughs) in the episode for the soapbox to come out. And probably if you caught on in the last series, I've got a little passion as it relates to getting a great adoption profile out there because that is how you tell your story. So apologies for the soapbox appearances. Um, (laughs) I will try to keep them to a minimum, friend. All right. So now let's dive into why your adoption profile is so critical to your overall adoption journey. The harsh truth is that without a great adoption profile, you simply will not get the opportunity for that initial hello or that initial discussion with an expectant family that you so incredibly desire. I know that that sounds scary, but the harsh truth is just that. I'm always going to give you the good with the bad. That's just the way we roll around here because we know that the adoption journey is not all sunshine and roses. So I'm not going to make it seem that way. She has got to want to talk to you after reading your book, PDF, or seeing your posts on social media. She's going to spark to something in that that creates a connection with her. And if your profile is confusing, too long, or looks like everyone else's, she will not feel drawn to you. She won't feel intrigued enough to ask you a question or compelled enough to click to get to know you better. We all know, again, that that book alone is not going to create the connection that we want with our ideal expectant mothers. In this digitally connected world that we all live in, we have so much information at our fingertips that having a book is just not going to cut it. It's not going to be the only way that she wants to, to hear from us. She expects to get to know you on a deeper level, to hear your voice, see your daily life, and start to form her own opinions about you before she even has a conversation with you. So not only is your adoption profile critical, but it's critical to think about that profile as multiple touch points and have a clear strategy on how those touch points work together to paint a clear and compelling picture of who you are as a family. And if you're self-matching, you need to focus on getting in her initial consideration set and then staying there long enough to start a conversation. So you need to share your profile by having these snackable content pieces 
that you can share in multiple places that ladder back together to create an overall sense of who you are, as well as standing on its own. Since you are the one trying to get the attention of expectant mothers, rather than relying on being in a smaller pool with an agency that would have had them coming straight to your door, right? The the content strategy that you have here, it's got to work double time. And this obviously applies for you, even if you are working with an agency, but you're also trying to find an expectant mother on your own. The same strategy applies. That's just another element in your overall content strategy. Listen, I'm not saying you can't self-match. Rather, I'm saying you need to be super focused on what you're sharing, how and where you're sharing it, because you have a small pool of expectant mothers to talk to, but yet you're in a very large pool of hopeful adoptive families. So not only does your content need to be excellent, but you need to be very strategic about how and where you share it so that you can create that connection with her to stand out from the sea of hopeful adoptive families. And specifically, if you're using an agency or an attorney or maybe even a consultant, you need to focus in a different way. Since they're doing some of that initial attraction of expectant families, your focus needs to switch to the overall content strategy and how the different elements work together because the agency will be directly showing your profile in a more direct way, on a one-to-one the same principles apply as it relates to the quality of the content, the need for a content strategy, you just have a greater chance of standing out because the sea of hopeful adoptive families is a little bit smaller. Though I will say that many hopeful adoptive families, again, are advised by their agency to reach out to expectant mothers as well. So your best bet is to be intensely focused on your profile your content, and your content strategy as those that are self-matching. So I know I threw a lot of words there around content, content strategy, and it may sound like I'm speaking a different language, but don't worry, I totally have you covered as always. Remember, we have that free training coming up in a few weeks, and we will dive deeper into this idea of content and content strategy there. But for now, just know it is really important to have clear content strategy. And if you want to sign up for that training, head on over to myadoptioncoach.com slash profile to pick a time that's best for you. And if you signed up for the wait list, you'll get an email that invites you to pick the time that works best for your schedule. Listen, I know that the profile and everything I'm talking about as it relates to marketing can sound super confusing. And I promise you, it, it really isn't once we break it down step by step. And I always have you covered with the step by step. But if you are really stuck and struggling in your profile right this second, and you're like, I just don't know what to do. And I can't wait for the training that's coming up. Even though I know it's going to be amazing. I just, I feel like I've got to take action right now. I've got to make the decision to work on my profile right now, then jump on over to the Facebook group. I'm always happy to answer your questions. I'm going to be doing some like pop-up trainings in there just to try to help you along. Um, As I finish the content for our really amazing free training at the end of the month, but I don't want you to sit there and struggle and worry every day. Please, my friend, please don't worry. 
Please don't struggle alone. Jump into the Facebook group and let me help you. And if you're new to the podcast and you're not sure the Facebook group, its name is My Adoption Coach. There's a link in the show notes below. And it's a a free group that I offer just as a resource to help support you in your journey. Okay, now let's shift gears a little bit and talk about what makes a profile great. There are three steps to making a great adoption profile. Step one, know where you are headed. Step two, know who you are talking to. And step three, create the right content. Okay. I know that you're like, uh, what does that mean? (laughs) How do I do this? Let's dive into the each step individually and talk more about them. Okay. So step number one, knowing where you are headed. As with most things in life, it's a bit easier to get to your destination if you have a clear vision of that destination. The same holds true for your adoption profile. Not only do you need to have a clear vision of what you want your adoption to be like and the life after your adoption, but you need to have a clear vision of your family's story so that you can tell it effectively. There is a real art and science to storytelling because if you confuse, you lose your audience. And if you lose your audience, obviously they don't want to engage and learn more about your family. So if you're taking, you know, a different post every single week or maybe even every single day in a million different directions, then it can be super confusing for your audience. So let's talk about, um, just let's make up an example on the fly here. So if in one post you're talking about how you love to travel and how you love to eat and how you love to learn things about new cultures, and how you love football and flowers, right? So you talk about like all your favorite things. Okay, so maybe you have one post where you talk about all your favorite things, but that could be too much for her to take in in one post, and it could come off pretty confusing. Instead, maybe you think about having a content series, similar to what I do here in the podcast, right? Where over the course of three or four days, you talk all about Laura's favorite things. And on the first day, you talk about how you love to travel. Then on the second day, you talk about how you love to try new restaurants or foods that are, you know, culturally diverse or foods that are specific to that area when you travel. And then the next thing, maybe you talk about how you love to go to football games when you travel. So then she's starting to get this whole idea of Laura really likes to travel. And when she travels, she likes to try different restaurants and go to football games. And so it begins forming this clear picture of who you are as a family within the travel bucket that you love to travel. So that's what I mean when I talk about know where you're headed, right? What are you trying to communicate? And then how do you break it up into little sections to where she can get a better idea of who you are? And listen, that's just kind of one strategy to make your your content strategy. But just wanted to give you kind of a, a sneak peek into all of the amazing stuff that we'll talk about in those free trainings that are coming up. Okay, step number two is know who you are talking to. Okay, you've probably heard me talk about this a bit 
before in other areas in the Facebook group or on the podcast, but it is important to have a clear picture of who your ideal expectant mother is so that you can really engage with her. I know this may sound a little strange, like how do you even know somebody that you don't know? And just even this concept of an ideal expectant match. So I'm, I'm going to try to talk about this without bringing out my soapbox here. But there really is the perfect match for you and for an ideal expectant family out there somewhere. So let's keep using this example of how Laura likes to travel, right? Laura being the hopeful um, adoptive parent here in this situation. So maybe Laura loves to travel. And maybe your ideal expectant mother, we'll call her maybe Susie. (laughs) So maybe Susie loves to travel too. And Susie loves the unexpected adventures that comes along with traveling. And maybe Laura continues her series on um, maybe some airport hijinks that happened or how she got upgraded to first class on her last trip on a total lark. And maybe Susie's like, you know, I really love the way Laura, you know, sees life through her travels. I really love the adventures that she has and her sense of adventure. And that really reminds me a lot of myself. And so therefore Susie sees in Laura, something that she sparks to. And the whole reason why Laura was initially sharing things about travel is that she wants someone to know that she has a sense of adventure about herself, that she wants to try do new things and have new experiences, because that's the type of ideal expectant mother she has in her mind. Someone that wants to try the new experiences in life and someone that's wanting to give this child some new experiences too. So do you see the connection there? Do you see how by Laura having this vision of who Susie is in her mind and sharing authentically who she is attracted Susie authentically to her? And listen, there's no Jedi mind trick of marketing here, right? This is just you authentically sharing who you are and the universe, God, whatever you want to call it, authentically drawing the two of you together because you have similar characteristics, because you have similar passions, because you have similar dreams for this child's life. So again, I know this is the tip of the iceberg and we'll get to it more in the training in a few weeks, but I wanted you to understand why it is so important that you know who you're talking to and you have this clear vision of your ideal expectant mother in your head to see it from her perspective, that's a real game changer in making a great adoption profile. And I want to talk about something that, again, it's going to sound probably equally as strange as knowing who you're talking to if you don't know them. But in this idea of there being an ideal expectant mother and an ideal hopeful adoptive family match, so to speak, I really feel like if you are force-fitting a match that is not authentic to both parties, that you have a greater likelihood of a disruption. Now, let me be super clear when I when I say this and when I say the word disruption. Obviously, I'm using that word from a hopeful adoptive parent perspective, and I fully support the expectant's parents having the right to change their mind and a parent. 
I fully support that 100%. I am just sharing that I believe that this is more likely to happen if something doesn't feel quite right on both sides. And if that something is it's just something that we are not the right fit, I guess is the best way to say. And if you don't have that, that right fit from the beginning, then that's where it's more likely to disrupt. Now, there are a zillion reasons why um, an expected parent could change their mind or that an adoption could disrupt. But I really feel like if you're authentically in a open communicative relationship from the very beginning, that that is less likely to happen. And that is why I feel it is super important that you be clear on who your ideal expectant mother is and you authentically tell your story because I think that is more likely to result in a positive relationship between both parties. And and I just think that is so, so very important. Listen, I've, I've lived through disruption, right? It was horrific. I can't even describe to you the, the moment where I had to hand her back, where I had to give over my child to a stranger, um, to me, right? To parent after, you know, a week before and actually for the prior, whatever it was, three or four weeks before they had made the decision not to parent. Again, fully within their rights. But that was heartbreaking and hard for me for a very long time. I wondered where she was and what she was doing and how she was um, for, for a very, very long time until I finally made peace with it. And as I reflected back on that, I just, I really realized that we weren't the right fit for each other. There was, there was something there that just felt off from the beginning. And for me, it was because I didn't know who they were. I didn't know them as people. And that was the way they wanted it. But for me, that actually wasn't a good fit. I wanted to be able to share things about them with this child as, as she grew up. And that was not something I was going to be able to provide to her. And was that the reason why it disrupted? Who knows? Probably not. But did I feel like I could have done a better job getting to know who was the right fit for me and getting to know how I would feel equipped to parent and share stories with these, you know, with this child? Yeah. And so that's the reason why I'm sharing this today with you guys. Again, you can take it with a grain of salt, but I want you to, to learn from, from my mistakes. Okay. So let's move on and maybe get into a more positive space. And let's talk about step number three, creating the right content. As you've probably heard me say about a million times in this podcast, it's important to have the right content. Not only it's content that is speaking to the right audience and in a clear and compelling fashion, but also content that creates connection with your audience. And content that appeals to a variety of different learning times. Again, there is an art and science to creating the right content and pairing it with the right content strategy. And that's exactly where we're going to pick up with next week's episode. Because listen, we've already covered so much today that I don't think I could cram any more information into your brain today without it absolutely just exploding and being overloaded. Because today we've talked about why your profile is critical to your overall adoption journey. We talked about a quick refresher about how the adoption profile has changed and evolved over the past few years and the role it should play in your adoption journey. 
And I've given you just a few of the basic principles on how to make a great adoption profile. And if you want to learn more about the rest of those principles, make sure to sign up for that free training that's coming up in a few weeks. Myadoptioncoach.com slash profile. The most important point in today's episode is that you know you have the power to make your adoption profile great or to update or edit your profile to make it go from good to great. And you know that I'm always going to give you the step-by-step to make your adoption easier, faster, and more affordable. And me giving you the step-by-step process to make your profile great will obviously make your adoption easier, faster, and more affordable. I want you to hear me clearly say that you can do this. You don't have to have degrees in marketing and have spent a billion dollars in advertising budgets for some of the world's largest brands. You don't, heck, you don't even have to have matched before because I've done all of those things and I'm here to share all of those learnings with you to make your adoption easier, faster, and more affordable. Don't forget to sign up for that free training. I promise you, you will walk away with fire in your belly in this step-by-step on how to make your adoption profile great. And remember, anything is possible with a plan and support. You can do this and I've totally got your back.